the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Glad you could join us. We are currently enjoying a very challenging series called Arise, Move, and Go. Now, that is not only God's message to Moses in the book of Exodus, but it is a challenge for you and I today as well. Are you up for it? For the details and the challenge before us, here's Pastor Jesse with this edition of Way of Grace. Moses, rather than running from God or being offended with God or somehow engaging in a self-righteous enmity towards God, because you know that's how we are. When God does what God does, sometimes we don't like it. And then we want to argue about it. Or we want to leave God alone. You know, so many people on the planet who says, you know, I went to church, but there were some things about that Bible I didn't like. And off they go. Moses is dealing with probably the most severe kind of crisis you could. A divine judgment on the people that he's called to lead out. And he's struggling in his mind now as to what this means. Let me give you some insight into what it means when we said in Romans chapter 8, everything works together for good to them that what? Moses loved God. And that was the predication for Moses, always not running from God whenever trouble came, but running to God. See, he had run when he left Egypt in a sinful condition from Pharaoh. You and I know what it means to run from God. In our unsaved state, that's what we do. That's what Adam and Eve did. When they rebelled against God, what did they do? They ran and hid. That's what you do when you don't know God in his saving and pardoning grace. We run from God. Moses, however, from the day that Bush started talking to him, ran to God every time he got in trouble. And here Moses is doing the same thing here. And so I call your attention to what is this shining face all about? Point number one, the presence of his glory advocated. The presence of his glory advocated. Remember Exodus 33, 13 through 15. Capture this with me because this is going to be the mechanism by which you deal with your life when you get into your struggles. Going to help you now if you want to be helped. Right. So notice what Moses does because Moses is really struggling with the judgment. Here's what he says in verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray you, O God, if you have if I have found grace in your sight. Show me now your ways. Remember, that was the appeal. 
Now notice how God responds to him. It's going to be important. He says, I need to know your way and that I might know who you are personally in order that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this people is your people. What a, what a great petition on the part of Moses. He's trying to figure out who God is, how he acts, why he does what he does so that he doesn't walk in cross purposes with God. Does that make sense? When a person becomes your friend, it doesn't mean that you know everything about them. It does, however, mean that you are committed to finding out who they really are so that you can figure out their ways in order for your ways and their ways to harmonize. When someone is a friend, they are available, they are accommodating, and they are affirming. And what Moses wants to do is affirm God's ways because Moses is stuck in a predicament. Do you know what that is? He's the mediator of a bunch of people that by and large don't know God. We've learned that, have we not? From the beginning of their being called out, they're constantly missing God's message. And Moses is saying, Lord, you got to help me know you because if I'm going to be the one to share with the people who you are and what you're up to, I got to know you. And there can't be a Christian in this room that thinks that they're going to successfully represent Christ in the world and you not get to know him. There's not going to be a Christian in this room that's going to be able to be used by God in terms of the presence, in terms of the glory, in terms of the shining, and in terms of the power, who is not committed to drawing near to God that God might draw near to them. There's not a Christian in this room that's going to be able to shine for God's glory unless you draw near to him. And he promises to draw near to you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm going to drill down deeper into this. I want you to get it. Notice what it says in verse 14. Notice what it says. We are in narrative form. And here's what God said. Here's what God said. Since Moses asked, Lord, I, I need to know your ways. I need to know you. I need to know how you behave so I can be sure that I'm on the right path with you. God says, my presence will go with you. Do you see that? My presence will go with you. If you don't have the heebie-jeebies in Bible study, that means thinking things through. That is the term pane in the Hebrew, and it means the face of God. The face of God. Write it down because there's a word play that we already know in this chapter that we have to deal with or else you come up with contradictions. Here's what God says. Moses, my presence shall go with you. My presence shall go with you. And in this context, we are dealing with a anthropomorphical metaphor about God being like a human being. Are we not? Now, I want you to capture it now. I want you to capture it. He's not only saying his presence in the generic sense of his physical body, but Moses, my face is going to go with you. That part of me or that part of a human being that you and I engage in at the highest levels of intimacy in order that we might know them. I don't know you because I see your feet. I don't know you because I see your hands. I don't know you if I am constantly fixed on your torso or your physical anatomy below your head. Isn't our world trapped by that kind of shallow assertion that we can know someone with their physical bodies? Of course not. 
Until I know your face, until I know your expression, until I know your conversation, because your head, your face has a mouth on it. It has eyes on it. It has ears. That is the vehicle on your body by which we get to know each other. I have to be able to see your smile or your frown. I have to be able to see your look away, your deflection, or your longing and drawing me near. This is how we get to know each other. And what God is telling Moses is very plain. Moses, you're going to know me all the way through this. I love this. He says, and when I allow my presence to go with you, I will give you what? Yeah, this is so powerful. What a blessing for God to say to you and me, if you and I fit Moses' description, that God will never hide his face from us, that he will never allow his presence to be so obscured and so deflected and so barred from us that we can't have the assurance that he will be with us no matter what we go through. And hear not the echoes of what our Lord says, lo, I am with you always to the end of the world. This is what he says to his people. And so Moses is advocating for the presence of God. I love this. This is so absolutely clear. And again, here's the faux pas of the language uh, that we're dealing with. Look at verse 15. Verse 15 says in Exodus 33, and he said unto him, if your presence does not go with me, we done. All we got is 10 encampments. I don't know where I'm going, but what I'm not doing is going forward without you. This shows us the heart of a man who has been called by God's grace. What he's saying is, God, if we die in the wilderness, it's okay as long as you are with me. See, Moses now is stuck to God like the old saying says, like white on rice. That makes some sense, doesn't it? In other words, Moses has locked in something that really should be a model for the children of Israel and every mediating call. If you are not called to mediation, and as Moses was, you got to have a commitment to the one who's called you to that mediation. See, you, you, you can't be a waffling mediator like our government is and like a lot of our systems are where they go back and forth between the people and authority. When you are mediating authority, you are mediating for the highest authority because you believe it is best for you. So when in the ministry of the word or the ministry of the church, we become compromisers of biblical truth. Now we are subjected to the fickleness of the people rather than the faithfulness of God. And what Moses is demonstrating by his behavior is that he's committed to learning about God. So long as God stays with him. The presence of God. Listen to it again over in verse 11. This is what God said over in verse 11, uh, 33, Exodus 33, 11. This is the same word for presence. And the Lord spake unto Moses, what? That's our term, presence. Presence to presence. Only in the anthropomorphical sense, God doesn't have his back to Moses. You know how we get into arguments with each other and we turn our backs. If God turns his back metaphorically on you, you are in trouble because we do have that language in scripture that he turns his back and gives people up to it. God only turns his back on you if you turn your back on him. It's important for you to know that, okay? It's important for you to know if you're forward with God, he'll be forward with you. 
If you're perverse with God, he'll show you what perverseness is. God doesn't play games. That's very important for you to know that. So the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaks to his what? So you and I can clearly define the relationship between Moses and God, as I stated earlier, a real friendship. Friends are available. Friends are accommodating and friends are affirming. Now, friends don't just let you do whatever you want to do. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Open rebuke is better than secret love. A friend sees you going the wrong way. He's going to face you. She's going to face you. And in love, help you turn back and get on the right path. And I'm trying to help you understand something about the shining here. The presence of his glory advocated under two things. Sub point A, it's affirmed of God in Christ. Now, what do we mean by that? God talked about his presence back in chapter 23, verses 20 through 23. And I want to read it. Some of you who know your Bibles well and you know this book is a what kind of book? It's a hymn book. We know the presence of God is summed up in the person of Jesus, whether the Old Testament or the New. Do we not know that? Do we not know that Jesus is the revelation of the invisible God? Do we not know that he is the visible Yahweh? If you've seen the Father, you've seen the Son. If you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. Do we not know that? God is invisible in his ontological qualities. He can only be seen in his Son. Wherever he shows up in the world, in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord was his presence. Listen to what he said. Behold, I'm going to send an angel before thee. That's called a forerunner doctrine. Who is the forerunner of the people of God? You know your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 4 tells you, right? Jesus is our forerunner who has entered into the veil for us to secure our destiny to glory. I'm going to talk about Joseph in a moment. Joseph was a forerunner for the children of Israel to lead them into Egypt in safety, was he not? The forerunner doctrine means somebody goes ahead of us and carves out the path to secure us in the destiny that God had established in his divine matrix. Jesus is our surety for glory if we trust him. Here's the motto of it. I want you to see it. I love this. He says, I'm going to send my angel before you in order to do what? Keep you in the way. And to bring you into the place which I have prepared for you. How important is this forerunner? You won't get there if he doesn't go before you. You won't get there if he doesn't keep you. You won't get there if he doesn't bring you into the blessed promise of what God has called for you. You and I are absolutely dependent upon the faithfulness of Christ to get us from here to glory. Am I making some sense? The angel of the Lord is very clearly our Lord Jesus. And notice what the text says in verse 21, Exodus 23, 21. Beware of him. Do you see that? Beware of him. That means obey his voice. That's why I love the New Testament. You and I can easily interface old and new because the New Testament, as I told you last week, is 80% of the Old Testament fulfilled. You can't read the New Testament and not know the Old Testament. And you're not going to have a full comprehension of the old without the new. The New Testament is pointing back to the Old Testament constantly saying fulfilled in Jesus. 
So then when the when Jehovah says, obey the voice of the angel that I send before you, whose voice are we to obey? The Lord Jesus. This is why in his baptism, he made it plain. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we're about to go there. Hear ye him. That's the message of God from the beginning. Listen to Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one's coming to the Father but by him. Them fighting words in my generation today, even among the religious, they don't like that narrow set of parameters. I told you God's love is conditioned upon faith in Christ. Outside of Christ, you'll never make it to glory. Listen to it now. Beware of him, obey his voice, and do not provoke him. For he will not pardon your transgression. Woo! Woo! Do you see it? And listen to the last line. Here it is. For my name is in him. All of God's attributes, all of God's qualities, all of God's characteristics are revealed to us in the person of Jesus. He's the revelation of the invisible God. Y'all got that? Name is not merely the nomenclature of a proper term that designates who you are as I am Jesse, but it also represents the qualitative characteristics that constitute me as uniquely different from somebody else. So you may, may know my name, but if you don't know my character, you still don't know me. There's another level to name as well, and it's called authority. In the name of Jesus Christ, believe on the Lord and you shall be saved. It is an authoritative proclamation. So Jesus is an authority. Jesus is also a revelation of the invisible God. And his name is the name that is above every name that by the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the what? Glory of God the Father. That's a bold claim, isn't it? Particularly in the world in which I live, because everybody's talking about a way to God. And Jesus just says, no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, but by the name of Jesus. We're getting, we're getting offended right about now, are we not? See, because it's dangerous to preach the exclusivity of the Lord Jesus Christ in this world today. It's dangerous unless you love God. See, because when you love God, God actually trains you to enjoy being near the fire. See, so Moses early on learned how to dwell near the fire. Because at the fire, when the fire is your friend, you can be warmed by the fire. When the fire is your friend, you can be covered by the fire. The fire will protect you while burning up everything that's in opposition to you. There's a lot of benefits with hanging out with the fire. And I'm here to tell you, when you hang out with the true and the living God, you're hanging out with fire. When you hang out with the Lord Jesus, you're hanging out with fire. When you hang out with the Holy Ghost, you're hanging out with fire. And you need it for light, and you need it for purity, and you need it for protection. That's a relationship with the true and the living God. It's critical. This is what he said. He says, if you disobey him, if you provoke him, he will not pardon your transgressions. You see, we preach this Jesus that just will always forgive you every time for anything that you do. You guys see that? Don't you hear it every year? He'll forgive you for everything. Well, really, is that what your Bible says? See, those are tensions, aren't they? Their tensions, those are called traps. 
The unforgivable sin of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven in this life nor in the life to come. So if there's one sin that is not forgiven, all sins are not de facto forgivable sins. There are some sins, please hear me now, that God must keep you from. Somebody going to say, thank you, Lord. There are some sins that God must keep you from or you're going to hell. See, it's not about merely you obeying God, but God keeping you. He will guide you and keep you so that you come to the promised land. I've, I've taught this for many years. No true child of God can ever blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Did you hear what I just said? See, God makes it easy for you, child of God. Please listen to me. He makes it easy. You want to secure yourself for eternity? Just make sure you're in Christ. That's a simple litmus test. Is that a simple litmus test? Man, I don't quite know. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Are you in Christ? If you're in Christ, you will make it. Well, how can I know I'm in Christ? Make your calling and election sure. Don't play games with Jesus. Because according to what the Father says, if you provoke him, if you disobey him, he will not pardon your sins. Oh, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Got to work through it. Got to work through it. I tell people this all the time, and I'm going to lay this down to you again. Don't try to turn love into some hyper permissive stretch to an unrecognizable extent so that all love is permitting you to do whatever you want to do. That is not love. And that's what my world is doing in this postmodern generation of hating God for God putting conditions down by which you and I can have an everlasting relationship with him. That's why I tell you love is always a law. It's a law unto itself. Love does not like evil. It does not love evil. It does not love rebellion. Love is not engaging in all of the frivolities that go on in this life. Love hates those things that are not like God. Are y'all hearing me? That's why you need that love poured into your heart by the Holy Ghost every day. You need it poured in. I need it poured in. I need the love of God poured in me so that that other stuff can come out. Fill me up and push it out. Right. Right. Now listen to what he's saying, because I haven't haven't done anything but tried to argue for the shining of Moses' face is predicated on a request that him and God never separate. I got to drill down into it. So you have you and I have to see it. So under the first sub point, it's affirmed of God in Christ. Christ is the one who reveals those characters and attributes and reputation. You saw this in chapter 34, verse five. Look at chapter 34, verse five and seven. I want to reiterate a beautiful event that we preached last week. And I just want you to capture it before we go on, because you guys do know that what's going on in this narrative is that the children of Israel told Moses, look, we don't want to listen to God. You, you, you go find out what God is like and what he's up to. And then come down and tell us, and then we'll do what you say. Did y'all get what I just stated? So I want you to catch the framework. The children of Israel don't have no interest in what Moses is doing. Moses is running up on God. These people don't want that. 
They want Moses to do it. So with those kind of conditions, which God is going to acquiesce to, there are things that Moses gets to see that they don't. And this is what I told you about leadership. Godly biblical leadership must press into God to see things that the common people don't see. What's the point in having leadership if they don't have an episcopate? An episcopate is the Greek term for bishop, and it has to do with being able to oversee. That means God has to put the leaders in a position where they can see the whole landscape of where the sheep are. So they can see the enemy and tell the sheep to watch out. The enemy's over there. The enemy's over there. Or to find those green pastures where the sheep feed in. You need leaders to do that for you. Therefore, they must matriculate up into the presence of God. And that's what Moses is doing. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.